Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm joined today by Daphne Gomez, host of the Teacher Career Coach podcast and founder and CEO of Teacher Career Coach. Teacher Career Coach offers coaching, courses, and resources to help educators transition to new careers. Daphne, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So kind of just to start out this conversation, I really wanted to tap your brain about how you've transitioned from education into coaching and how you've helped others kind of transition into more of a corporate space. Yeah, so I left the classroom myself back in 2017, and a huge need that I saw in my own career transition was for resources to help me understand what other types of jobs I was qualified for. So I started, you know, aggressively Googling, like, what other jobs can teachers do because I had a master's, but it's not as easy as any other sort of career pivot because you're not looking at other departments within your company. And it's really meant to be this forever career that you stay in for the rest of your life without a lot of options outside of becoming an admin or working at the school district. When I left, I ended up leveraging my own educational experience into a role at a Fortune 500 company. And that was a role called a learning consultant role. But basically, it was almost a corporate trainer where I spoke at national conferences on behalf of my employer. And I also went to different school districts and I worked and did coaching completely free to the schools for the teachers to understand how to use this program. I then went on and worked for another really large ed tech company doing instructional design where I created their e-learning program and a digital course to help teachers learn the program that they were using inside the school system. And with these two skills combined, my public speaking skills and my instructional design skills, I really wanted to put together a resource to help other teachers understand how their skills would translate. Because during my time at these companies, I would still have teachers come up and ask me, oh, you're a former teacher? How did you land this role? I've never even heard of a teacher who's left the classroom. This is clearly decades ago because now the norm is something that's different. During that time, I decided to use my skills to create something, a program that was completely unique that would help teachers walk them through the actual process of rewriting their resume, translating their skills with the context of I knew that I was not a certified career coach. I knew that I actually had never sat on the side of a hiring manager, and that was something that was really important to me to make sure that all of the advice was well-rounded and vetted from stakeholders and not just from the perspective of someone who's done it twice. So I actually hired a consultant to come in and work on creating the entire program with me to write all the resumes and someone who had actually worked in that space for 10 years to create something that was unique for my audience, but we knew was well-vetted and good advice. And so that's really how I've gotten to where I've been today. I always am hesitant to call myself a career coach because that's not me personally. It's just the brand name. But we do have people with career counseling experience and recruiting experience working on our team to help watch what we're putting out and do one-on-one sessions with our clients as well. Oh, that's such a cool process. 
you had mentioned how one of the hardest things from going from being a teacher to whatever your next career is, is identifying those transferable skills and how you can apply them to different positions. So what strengths and skills and experience do teachers bring to the corporate world that they know that they can leverage for a new position and that recruiters can also look out for on the other side of this process? Teachers come in with a variety of skills that are going to really help them in a variety of positions, whether it's sales, customer success, implementation, or training and development kind of positions. But off the top of my head, teachers come in and they are great active listeners. That is something that's going to be great with internal communication, external communication, if they're going into sales roles. They're able to read body language and understand where is this disconnect coming from? What can I do to bridge the gap between what I'm saying and what my audience is hearing? And that's something that teachers just have learned and adapted to after working with students and that being such a big part of the job. They're great with presentation skills, oral and written communication skills, but they also come in with the ability to chunk complex information into bite-sized pieces. They're really engaged in the learning process. So whatever position you have them come into, they're going to absorb the information and then they're going to want to be able to relay that information, whether internally or externally for whatever the job is. They're going to want to almost be a teacher or a leader in whatever space they're put in inside a corporate environment. There's a lot of empathy, integrity, but also a lot of great technical skills. Like they come in with the ability to train people on how to use programs after the last few years of flipped classrooms and basically being tech support for little ones and their parents and people that have diverse learning needs. They're able to do that on the other end, wherever you need that inside your company as well. They can create your onboarding resources. They can create any of your technical guides. They also come with a really great ability to keep track of data. So if you have like Salesforce and you really want someone who's like a great note keeper, many teachers take a lot of pride in that. That's part of their job. And so learning Salesforce, they're probably going to need to upskill and take the Salesforce trailhead, but they are going to be great at keeping those accurate notes and being able to stay in compliance too. As strong as those strengths are and as adaptable as they are, are there any like difficulties that a lot of people face going from teaching to a more structured nine to five or a different structure? It depends on the company and it always depends on the person. So during the hiring process, I know you have a lot of different types of questions that are going to help understand if it's a culture fit. But many teachers are coming from an environment where they were just kind of left to figure it out. Here's this impossible job and I hope that you can figure it out. If they're going into a startup environment that is not going to have a lot of onboarding and they don't have a system in place to help someone in their new role, that's something that needs to be upfront in the hiring process to help those teachers really understand, hey, this is for someone who takes a lot of initiative, who loves creating things on their own, because there are so many teachers who did level up and become the grade level leader and they did put together solutions. But there are also teachers who are going to say, ugh. I was struggling in that last environment, and now I was coming in for kind of a break from that type of chaos, and this might not be the right environment for me. The vast majority of the teachers that I work with, after they leave and they go into a corporate environment, they are blown away at the difference from the classroom to corporate of how well put together onboarding programs usually are and how supported they feel during the process and how much it helps them overcome some of the imposter syndrome that they face. 
because it's also worth noting that many of them are coming from an environment for the last two or three years where external factors are telling them that they're not good enough or that they're not doing their job well enough. And so they may be working as hard as they can, but secretly nervous. Maybe I can't do anything besides teach. So that might be something that you would need to overcome from a human resources perspective, understanding that they may come in with a little bit of trauma, not everyone, but the vast majority of the teachers that are coming in are thriving in their new environments and happier than ever because they didn't realize that there were possibilities for them outside of the classroom. And the last few years has actually just been an opportunity for them to grow, understand how their skills translate, and actually put them in an environment where they're just able to teach in other ways, whether it's a customer success job or a sales job where they go on to be sales enablement trainers. And this new possibility has been something that's been really refreshing and great for many of them. Definitely. As you're speaking to the past couple of years and how a lot of teachers are transitioning into corporate roles, there's a teacher shortage all across the nation. A July 2022 ED Week Research Center survey found that 72% of administrators reported that they don't have enough teachers to fill the gaps. And a lot of these administrators are trying to find new and creative ways to bridge these issues, whether it's a four-day work week, new benefits, higher pay, making larger class sizes, etc. So from an HR perspective, what do you think that employers can learn from the teacher shortage to try and stay on top of retention in any way possible? It's such a complex problem because one of the main issues that teachers are facing is they are put in a position where they can't negotiate their salaries. Salaries are actually coupled with the taxes on local property taxes. And that's something that has to go to the legislators. So you can't really fight for higher pay unless that goes into something that taxpayers actually sign off on and vote for. That is something that's really hard to overcome. Now that they're leaving the classroom, teachers find themselves almost immediately in a position that either has comparable salary or they have an increase in salary. If they are taking a decrease in salary, they're usually kind of blown away about most companies have something, a policy in place of every year of service, this is your pay increase. That goes much quicker than a teacher salary. So a teacher salary sometimes almost stays the same for 10 years. If you see teachers starting to leave, it may be that they feel stagnant in the new position. There's not room for growth or there's not areas to continue to learn because many of them do want to continue to learn, continue to soak up information, take on new responsibilities, take on new challenges. But the biggest struggle that I think many teachers are finding right now is that the last few years, there was just so many demands that were put on them without solutions and without a community coming together and helping take things off their plate. And they felt very much like more things were put on their plate without compensation increase, without any sort of reward. And then also with some politicization of the profession. So on top of it, having to kind of navigate something that they've never had to navigate before. And ultimately, all of those external pressures are a little bit too much for them to stay in the profession. If you are in a position, a customer support or a sales position, where you know that they are going to be taking a lot of abuse, maybe potentially put them with some sentence frames of how they would handle that or escalate that so that they weren't constantly taking abuse day after day after day from customers, 
that would be some way to keep people retained and feeling supported in this position, because that's something that is lacking from the teaching profession right now is what to do if someone is just beating you up verbally at your position. Many teachers do not feel supported in that way. Yeah, for any job, whether it's teaching or something in the corporate world, empathy and compassion and support systems are so, so essential. In that same vein, human resources plays a role in every single industry. So from your multiple jobs throughout your career, what does the human aspect of human resources mean to you? The best human resources departments that I had outside of the teaching profession, inside of the teaching profession as well, really, you know, like you said, it's empathy and it's understanding. And I feel like it really translates a lot with teaching skills as well. You don't see a student necessarily as like a bad student and human resources shouldn't treat employees like bad employees. There should be some empathy and looking for where is the disconnect here? What can I do to better support that person and try and bring them to where they need to be? Or how do we get them the resources that they need in order to alleviate the situation? The best human resources departments that I've ever seen have just been proactive with showing the employees how much they care and letting them know hey, we're here if you want to talk about these different things and making it very explicitly clear, like, come and have conversations with us if you ever have any issues with this or that. And so it's just always almost being a little bit like a teacher of how you treat the employees and how you're an advocate for them as well. Definitely. Like, my mom is a middle school history teacher. And kind of within their teaching community, they found like that mentorship works really well for them when the administration or their HR department isn't there to provide that sort of empathy like you explained. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I have one final question for you, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. No, go ahead. So my favorite concluding question to ask my guests is what are you looking forward to this weekend? I am actually taking the Friday off and going on a girl's trip to the beach, which I'm really excited about. So looking forward to um, taking a longer weekend again after this other long weekend and spending some time with some friends. That's awesome. And you'll get one final like last grip of summer before fall really starts to move in, I think. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I hope you have a really good long weekend with your girls. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, Daphne. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.